0: This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You are Locked On Panthers, your
1: daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day during the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and soon you'll be able to check us out on YouTube. We'll be up there in the next couple weeks. You'll have a visual Medium and way to watch and listen to the show locked on Panthers. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. You can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council, but make sure to first follow me there on Twitter at Julian Council. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to the Super Bowl this week. One Queen City, the fake Queen City is in it. I know folks here in the real Queen City would rather be in that position representing the NFC and playing in a Super Bowl. One of the big questions this week, and every team that's terrible, at least was bad this past season, was asking themselves, how can we have a Cincinnati Bengals-style turnaround? Kevin Clark of The Ringer, he's had a great article about it and also Mike Sando of The Athletic. A lot of folks have been writing about the Cincinnati Bengals and how they were able to put together this roster when they only have six scouts in their scouting department. Like, the Bengals are cheap. Like, one of the cheapest-run organizations in the league, Mike Brown, is known to be the cheapest owner in the NFL, and the league probably cannot wait to get rid of him so they can get someone who's rich and wants to spend a ton of money there in Cincinnati and bring that organization into the 21st century. Remember, back when we had Jerry Richardson here in Carolina, he ran it like a mom-and-pop shop. Similar situation going on in Cincinnati, but that mom-and-pop shop, like the Carolina Panthers, has had success at points in times where they went to the playoffs five straight years without winning a playoff game back when they had Marvin Lewis. They were really bad for the last couple of years, but now with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they have figured things out there in Cincinnati, and they have a chance, a really good chance, to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. How can the Panthers, who... Had been bad the first two years with Matt Rule. He's won 10 games. Over the first two years, Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, had only won six games. There probably wasn't a lot of confidence that he could get the job done because the only reason he got the job in a lot of people's minds was because he used to work with Sean McVay, and he was a part of the hiring cycle where everybody who had ever had lunch with Sean McVay walked past Sean McVay. They were getting a job in the National Football League. Now, Matt Rule embattled here in Carolina – 10 wins, first two seasons, not a ton of progress to look at and think that it's going to change coming up this season. You see a lot of similarities with the Bengals. No one saw this coming. If the Carolina, if the Carolina Panthers have a big turnaround, depending on how things play out here next couple weeks, maybe people wouldn't see it coming. But what the Bengals did, and it's where it starts with the Carolina Panthers, after they get their staff together and we have another staff update as it pertains to Carolina Panthers coaching staff, they got to get the free agency targets right. And the Bengals nailed free agency. Mike Sando The Athletic talked about how this might have been one of the best free agent classes ever in the National Football League, getting Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans Saints, having 14 sacks of franchise record in a regular season for the Cincinnati Bengals, getting Riley Reef, where instead of having to draft Penae Sewell at five overall, they were able to go with Jamar Chase, and you've seen how that connection has worked with him and Joe Burrow, who he played with back at LSU. Jadobi Awuzie has been one of the better corners in National Football League this year. Larry Oganjobi, who was okay in Cleveland, was just good enough for Cincinnati at defensive tackle this year. And Mike Hilton slotted into one of the best slot corners in the NFL this past year. And they traded for B.J. Hill, who helped them out on defense. Like, they nailed every single one of those picks, of those trades, or not the trade, but yes, trades and free agency pickups. And you have a quarterback in Joe Burrow, where you have already on the roster when he got there, Tyler Boyd, and you go and draft Jamar Chase, and you had in the same draft class, got T Higgins, they built around the quarterback, and then they plug some of those holes, and the Carolina Panthers are hoping to do the same thing. Now, the difference is for the Carolina Panthers, they don't have the quarterback just yet. Now They could end up with that quarterback if Deshaun Watson works out, if Russell Wilson wants to come here, or if they can get Aaron Rodgers, where there is that connection with James Campen, here, the O-line coach in Carolina, and Rodgers also work with Ben McAdoo back with the Green Bay Packers when McAdoo was up there as a tight end coach. Maybe that could allure him to come down here. Because that's really the key difference. The Cincinnati Bengals have two generational talents in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, I don't know if the Carolina Panthers can find a Joe Burrow. And it's not as simple as you draft a quarterback and things are going to work out. Look at Cleveland. Now, they had a lot of guys to go choose from when they were picking quarterbacks, but they decided to go Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, as the number one overall pick, is not the same thing as Joe Burrow, as the number one pick. Matthew Stafford's been really good in his career, but he did not do, in Detroit, bad organization, but he did not do this, what Joe Burrow's been able to do back in Detroit. And there's certainly reasons why, but Joe Burrow has overcome an offensive line that had him sacked nine times and has been able to elevate that organization and change their identity and have people in Cincinnati believing that they can be a Super Bowl contender moving forward in an AFC where Lamar Jackson's got to contend with twice a year, where you got to deal with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and then Justin Herbert. And then who we'll see who else might emerge at quarterback in that conference. So not having those two generational talents, like Jamar Chase is already better than DJ Moore, guys. I I, I want to be honest about that. Like the guy comes in the league, he's already set the world on fire. I get it DJ Moore's never had a quarterback like Joe Burrow and like Jamar Chase has been able to enter the league and have, but Jamar Chase is a better player. And DJ Moore can be a really good receiver. He already is a good receiver. He can be one of the best in the NFL if he can find a better quarterback who can maximize his talent. The Panthers at least can claim that they do have a generational talent on their roster and Christian McCaffrey. The problem is he's never healthy. So for the Panthers, they got to get the quarterback. They have a good enough receiver. They have a great tailback when he's healthy. And they also have to nail free agency in a draft, and put everything around whoever the quarterback is going to be. Greg Olson said trying to build the best team around Sam Darnold. Carolina Panthers need to do the best to build the best team, period. And hopefully that team is good enough around a quarterback who gives them a major upgrade if they want to have a turnaround where they could be playing in the Super Bowl next season. Now, the one issue, though, when it comes to rebuilds, and Kevin Clark brought this up in his article, is that you need to see some sort of tangible evidence that the rebuild is working. He says there is no excuse, none, for not showing you are on the right track by the end of year two. Depending on when the rebuild begins and you can start much lower than where the Bengals were, you must have proof of concept midway through your second season, winning games you shouldn't win, not losing to horrific teams, and not making crippling mistakes. It's a low bar to clear, but too many coaches in front offices are patient when it's unwarranted, and NFL rebuild is not over after two years, not even close, but the possibility for success must be apparent by then. Does that sound like the Carolina Panthers? It doesn't, really. They lost six straight to the end of the season. Halfway through the season, they're losing games that they probably shouldn't have lost. Crippling mistakes. You're seeing it with the decision to bring in Sam Darnold and some of the trades that they've made and some of the players that they let go. So can they replicate the Bengals' turnaround? Well, based off of that, it doesn't seem likely. But again, like I told you all a couple weeks ago, until they get Joe Burrow or a Joe Burrow type of quarterback... It's going to be really hard for the Carolina Panthers to have any sort of long term sustained success like we were promised here from David Tepper. The first part of that, after the coaching staff is assembled here in Carolina, is going to come down to what they can do in free agency. And there's some key free agents the Carolina Panthers already have on their own roster, and some of them that they must retain if they want to be successful next season and have that Bengals-level type of jump. We'll get into them here in just a moment. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and line than ever before as the Super Bowl takes place this Sunday afternoon at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, Podcasts and news this season and it's not just football BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops the nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates on current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online where the game starts for listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends you might have, I want to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps-based Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. Now, when you look at the Bengals rebuild and you think about the free agent signings that they had, Two of them that they decided not to retain were Carl Lawson, who went to the New York Jets, unfortunately, towards Achilles back during preseason and training camp, was not able to play this past season. But that was one where a lot of folks thought maybe Cincinnati should have retained him. Instead, they get a major upgrade with Trey Hendrickson. And they also decided not to bring back William Jackson, who signed with the Washington football team, and they ended up being just fine at corner this past year there in Cincinnati. The Carolina Panthers, I don't know if they have the luxury of letting those kind of players leave because I think they actually have better players on this roster right now at those two positions than what Cincinnati had departing last year where they were able to fill those holes with other maybe cheaper options as though I mean they spent 40 million dollars at least they dedicated in salary um, to free agency which is something that the Bengals don't typically do and you really don't build your team via free agency a lot of times if you actually want to have that long-term success you've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars it's been a boatload of money year in and year out. Their problem, not necessarily is the free agent signings, it's the entire organization and who's running it. You saw how they ran a, that uh, head coaching search. That's a problem. And the Patriots last year, they spent a lot of money in free agency. They turned things around there, went, went to the playoffs this past year with Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback. So there are examples that where it could work, but also the Patriots have Bill Belichick. There's a difference. There's actually organizational structure and alignment in New England where in Jacksonville and other places like that, that's not the case Carolina well there was a reports from Walter Football about there being potential dysfunction in organization as Matt rules on a power trip and he has all the full say of the roster he has a final say of the roster and there's kind of a internal struggle and Scott fitter believes that he should be having the final say and he should be bringing in the players because he actually has the NFL experience where Matt rule only has two years of it which yeah I mean I would agree with that if that actually is how he feels about the current situation. But I feel a lot better here in Carolina than obviously you would feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars situation. Although ownership here is meddling, well, really an active participant in what happens here with the Carolina Panthers. Anyway, though, there are free agents where the Carolina Panthers, they cannot let them go when you look at some of these guys. And there's there's a list of like 20 of them right now. You have Amir Abdullah, who I would love to have back next season, Justin Burris. Goodbye. Tremaine Carter Jr., goodbye. Sean Chandler, because he's a former rural guy from college, probably back. Lachlan Edwards, maybe. Eric Alex Erickson, I mean, whatever. It, it, he did return punts. Gilmore, obviously you want him back. Zane Gonzalez, we'll see. There's other kickers available potentially. Marquise Haynes, goodbye. Dante Jackson, Maybe. J.J. Jansen, back here again for competition. Daquan Jones. Frankie Luva, would love him back for special teams. Rashawn Melvin, goodbye. John Miller, seriously, goodbye. Uh, Cam Newton, unfortunately, goodbye. Matt Paradis, goodbye. Hassan Reddick, you would love to have him back. Trent Scott, (laughs) goodbye. Julian Stanford, goodbye. Ian Thomas, you probably want him back. Brandon Zillstra, you probably want him back for special teams purposes, just like Alex Erickson if you want to do that. But really, the priority for agents when you look at it on the defensive side of the ball and – All of them that we brought up there are on the defensive side of the ball. The priorities are Stephon Gilmore, Dante Jackson, Hassan Reddick. Does anyone out there disagree with that? That those are the three priority free agents in-house in Carolina the Panthers need to try to retain? I don't think there's really an argument outside of that. To me, best case scenario, the Carolina Panthers are able to retain two-thirds of those guys. So the way you probably are looking at it is, okay, Gilmore, Dante, they're both corners. You already drafted Keith Taylor last year in a sixth round, who you like a lot, but really who you love is J.C. Horn, who's young but only played about two and a half games last year because of the foot injury, but someone that you plan to be one of the pillars of your defense moving forward. Knowing that, you probably don't need to bring back both Stephon and Dante Jackson. You also have A.J. Bouye. So already looking at it, you have – two starting corners that you like, and then Keith Taylor, who's more of a kind of a project who played well at times last season, and even Troy Pride Jr., who would not have made the team had he not gotten injured in that preseason game against Indianapolis on the road, he could also potentially be someone who the Panthers could look at moving forward, even though he does not necessarily fit the profile of the kind of corners with the long arms and the height that Scott Fitterer and Seattle likes and now who the Carolina Panthers typically are going to be looking to scout so he's probably still on his way out all that being said it's either Gilmore or Dante Jackson Dante's a younger player you can probably pay him less but you got more years with him if he comes back to Carolina um Stefan Gilmore is by far the better player He's been a multi-time Pro Bowler. Probably shouldn't have gone to the Pro Bowl this past season, but does it really matter? He's once been the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. The dude's a stud. He's also from the area. It would make a ton of sense to have him, not only just for the football side of things, but also to mentor some of the younger players and for the marketing side of things because David Tepper absolutely needs to find a way to sell this football team to this city and this fan base because right now they're really not interested in buying your product, buddy. For me... I think Gilmore should be the guy that they retain if they can retain him. I think it's more likely that Dante is the guy because I think Stephon Gilmore wants to go somewhere where he knows he's going to win in the final three years or four years of his career. Opposed to, you know, kind of staying here and seeing what happens because it's going to really come down to what they do at quarterback. Is Stephon Gilmore going to re-up here and then wait for them to draft a quarterback? Because if that's the case, if I'm him, I'm not going to sit here and see who they draft because I'm not going to wait for that quarterback to develop. We already, listed, we already talked about Malik Willis probably being more of a developmental guy, and then pick Pickett being someone who can step in right away, but really how high is his ceiling and how far can he take the Carolina Panthers? For Dante, he's not a number one corner. J.C. could be a number one corner, so that maybe works out where you can have J.C. be that number one corner, which that's where he was playing before he got injured, and then Dante can be your number two. He's a veteran guy. He was a captain this past year. He obviously, is a homegrown talent and someone who I think this rural era regime likes a lot. But you have situations like the Washington game where he's getting cooked by Terry McLaurin. going can be getting cooked by Terry McLaurins. That's not. That's just not going to be the case. So we'll see how things play out. But Hassan Reddick is really the one that you you think about. That's going to be the guy who would break the bank for the Carolina Panthers. They already had to pay a lot of money to Taylor Moten, which you had no choice to do that because he's the only consistent thing on the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers over the last couple seasons. Has not missed a snap the last two years. Fingers crossed he stays healthy coming up here in 2022, and they hopefully have fixed things. But they're going to do the same thing with Hassan Reddick. Did not get any money last year. A nice bargain deal for him, and it worked out perfectly. The dude is a stud. He wants to add more weight to get to 250. He's a former Temple guy, knows the system, fits in here perfectly, and I think he seems to be a leader from all the things that you heard from him in press conferences following the game, especially the losses. That's someone you want to keep in this organization, but that's also someone who's gonna to want to be paid like one of the top pass rushers in the NFL because that's what he's been the last two years, one of the top pass rushers in the NFL, even if he has not been, at least he wasn't a pro bowler this past season. But the dude is awesome and I would love to have him back. And that's the thing. When you look at free agency and, yeah, you want to fix the offensive line, the Carolina Panthers' defense, which was great last year, and you have the young talent that you're going to build around, like Jeremy Chin back in the secondary, same thing with J.C. Horn. You have Shaq Thompson, who's a young player, but also a veteran for the Carolina Panthers, and Brian Burns and Derek Brown. Like those five, those are your cornerstones defensively. And you want to build around them and add the and add you know to the pieces around those guys. And gross mottos, I think, also can be that for the Carolina Panthers moving forward in the future. But they're looking at a a potential loss of six starters. You you count Gilmore, Dante Jackson, Hassan Reddick. You can also bring up Justin Burris, Jermaine Carter Jr., DaQuan Jones. And if you want to add a seventh, Sean Chandler started a lot of games for the Panthers this past season when Justin Burris was injured. So... That's a lot to lose off of one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And while the offense might get better next year, it's not unreasonable to expect the Carolina Panthers to take a step back defensively if they're not able to retain some of these guys who were really good for them last season in free agency. So best case scenario for me, you get back either Dante or Gilmore and Redick, and either one of those guys and, Stefan, or and Hassan Reddick, excuse me, and then... I imagine Sean Chandler is probably coming back because of the the Baylor and Temple ties. I forget which one he went to, and Burris gone, Carter gone. You would love J- Daquan Jones back, but maybe you can find another option via the draft to fit in there at defensive tackle. So that's kind of how I'm looking at things right now, free agency for the Carolina Panthers, as we still have about another month, five weeks away from getting there, and. I'm ready to get there because we have a lot of time in between there and with really nothing going on here Carolina Panthers-wise. So we'll continue to take a closer look at all that and how that situation might play out here in Carolina in the weeks to come. And now the Carolina Panthers coaching staff is starting to come together as Matt Rule has a new defensive line coach, but he has another coaching vacancy that he has to fill. Who is that and what should the Carolina Panthers do with that position? We'll get into that here in just a moment. This is the time of the year where most people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not this year. It's time for y'all to stick to eating right, and thanks to Built Bar, you can do that. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate with their low calorie high protein you can replace your candy bars with these they are better a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories not built bar you go check out the macros and you're going to see that built bar is one of the healthiest options out there for you and they taste awesome too At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy afterwards. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back when using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. and Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account. PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN when you use GetUpside. Last week, I praised Matt Rule for what he's done so far in trying to rebuild this coaching staff. Coming to Carolina, Matt Rule probably should have had a lot more NFL experience on his staff than he had knowing that he didn't have very many himself and he's primarily been a college coach throughout his career. And I give him a lot of credit for what he's done so far in hiring Ben McAdoo. I don't love the hire necessarily, but considering where the Carolina Panthers are in a do or die season for Matt Rule, not a lot of these young, bright offensive minds are probably were interested in coming over here to the Carolina Panthers. But McAdoo is a former head coach in the National Football League, albeit wasn't a great one, but he did do a good job turning around that Giants offensive unit. When he became the OC under Tom Coughlin, he also spent six years in Green Bay, so you know he has experience working on some pretty good coaching staffs and Super Bowl winning coaching staffs. We'll see if he's able to bring that experience here and help elevate the Panthers offense, which has plenty of work that needs to be done to it this offseason before we can have any sort of positive expectations for them moving forward. James Campen. Came along with Ben McAdoo, who spent time 15 years in Green Bay as the offensive line coach. He's gotten a lot of praise from Hall of Famer Brett Favre and future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. And is someone who I think can absolutely turn around this offensive line and has a pedigree of taking mid-round picks and turning them into pro bowlers. And that's what the Carolina Panthers desperately need. Chris Tabor, coming over from Chicago, has consistently put out top 10 special teams units. He has a ton of experience in NFL. I think those three guys combined have about forty-seven years of combined experience. So I give Matt Rule a ton of credit for being able to do that. It was also reported on Tuesday evening that Matt Rule has gone out and hired a defensive line coach in Paul Pasqualoni, who was a former head coach at Syracuse. He's seventy-two, has a ton of NFL and college experience. He spent the past two seasons. As a special assistant to former Florida coach Dan Mullen, a 72-year-old defensive line coach. I was not expecting that when I saw that news. And, like, literally, I'm, like, recording, like, me. This is, like, me at Tuesday night recording this, and I had just saw that. But, wow. Paul pasqualoni That's a lot of experience. <laughs> so, looking at it and giving you guys more as I'm basically winging it here... He was a head coach of Syracuse for 14 years and Connecticut for three more. He has more than 40 years of total coaching experience and 10 seasons in the NFL. So now combine that with Chris Tabor and James Campen and Ben McAdoo, and that's what 84 years of NFL experience. He served as a Titans linebackers and defensive line coach during his two stints with the Cowboys, and has also worked as a line coach in Houston and Chicago, and a defensive coordinator in Miami from 08 to 09, and Detroit from 18 to 19. And again, spent the last two seasons as a special assistant to the head coach at the University of Florida when Dan Mullen was the coach there. So again, I give Matt Rule a ton of credit for what he's been able to do in finding veteran NFL experience assistant coaches and coordinators. That is what needed to happen. That's what he should have done when he first came here to Carolina. So at the very least, he's figured that much out. Now, he should not have a say in personnel, And we'll see how that plays out here over the next couple weeks. Now, you got a new offensive line coach. You got a new OC. You got a new special teams coordinator and a new defensive line coach. So job well done, right? Well, unfortunately, for the Carolina Panthers and their staff, they have now seen one coach leave on his own accord, Frisman Jackson, who came over with Matt Rule from Baylor and also spent some time in the NFL as the Titans. Wide receiver coach a couple years ago, He has decided to take his talents up to Pittsburgh to join Mike Tomlin's staff as he's going to be the new wide receiver coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was kind of joking on Twitter being like, get out while you can, because this might be a sinking ship. Even though I like all the hires rules made outside of, of course, Ben McAdoo. But hey, you got to go work with... um, Mike Tomlin and good receivers up there, so it makes a lot of sense and you're not too worried about your job security, even though really these jobs are a one year proposition. like you if your unit struggles, like the Panthers unit was not good at wide receiver this year. So is it really that bad of a loss for Frisman Jackson to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers? In my mind, no, DJ Moore was great again this past season, but DJ Moore's been good his entire career so far. The last three years over a thousand yards receiving. So DJ's not a problem, but Robbie Anderson took a step back. That's an issue. Terrace Marshall, who, yes, was never as healthy as he should have been, or needed to be to have success this year, never emerged as a number three wide receiver. A number three wide receiver never emerged. Period. It wasn't Shai Smith. Wasn't Brandon Zilstra. Wasn't Alex Erickson. The wide receiving unit was bad this year. The quarterback play obviously had a ton to do with that. But to see that kind of drop off that we saw with that unit, especially everyone outside of DJ Moore, is concerning. So Frisman Jackson. Maybe get out while you still can, but also best of luck there in Pittsburgh as I think the Carolina Panthers are going to be just fine. And now I wonder, and I saw Nick Wilson from WFNZ put this out on Twitter when this uh, Tepper's Brass Balls, the guy who sometimes sends in questions, always tags me on all this Carolina Panther stuff, me along with other people. And I appreciate it because some things I don't always see. I see 95% of it, um, but either way, keep doing that if you don't mind. Um, but Nick Wilson and I had responded being like, hey – Apparently, there's some rumors that, or murmurs, whatever you want to call them, that the Carolina Panthers, now with the new OC and Ben McAdoo, would be changing some of the offensive staff. And that kind of checks out when you look at the fact that James Campen's here, and in large part because of Ben McAdoo, and it was reported when McAdoo came, that he would have a say in the offensive line coach, and he did a fantastic job getting James Campin here. Now I would imagine that Ben McAdoo will have a say in who the wide receiver coach is since he will be working within his offensive scheme and he'll be working underneath him so there we go frisman jackson goodbye paul pascaloni welcome carolina panthers have a ton of experience now with the staff hours they made so far and i would imagine that the next one will also have a ton of nfl experience and hopefully position the carolina panthers moving forward into the 2022 season to have success but again like i talked about earlier free agency the draft very important for the panthers here over the next couple of months That's going to do it here for me on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify. And very shortly, you'll be able to check us out on YouTube. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single week I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. You can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, again, make sure to click that follow button at Julian Council on Twitter. Until then, Take care, be safe, and I will talk to y'all on Thursday.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?